Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 35 degrees and cloudy at 4.09 here at WILK News Radio. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. How's everyone doing on this Tuesday, January 30th, 2024? Remember, at the 5 o'clock hour, I will have Rear Admiral Paul Becker, retired Director of Intelligence for the Joint Chiefs of Staff, to uh, speak with us about what's going on in the Middle East and give us his views on uh, the situation and what possible retaliations and what should what retaliations we should take as far as uh, the response to three dead U.S. soldiers, two more Navy SEALs that were interdicting Iranian missile parts headed to Yemen. We're going to talk to him at the 5 o'clock hour. But like every Tuesday, we have Tommy Marquez, a Navy veteran who served as a senior staffer in Congress who now brings information to you about our veterans and how they could get the benefits and things that they've earned throughout their career. Tommy, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing really good, Rob. Uh, been a long week. Uh, some bad news, obviously, with the two Navy SEALs dying. And on top of that, the horrible news. And so I just want to, before we get started, send my thoughts and prayers to those families and uh, to those people who are out there forward deployed, we want you to know we have your back. We love you guys, and please come home safe. Now, Amen. I want to talk about some. Yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, I want to talk about some of the most underserved individuals in the military and veterans communities. And please bear with me on this. It's going to be a little humorous at the end, uh, but let's kind of go through some of these things. Let's talk about incarcerated veterans, because I'm actually getting letters thanks because of your show, Rob from some veterans who are incarcerated and they have questions regarding their benefits. So a little known thing, uh, and this actually happened to some of the January Sixers and Congress actually asked me to intervene and help them with alleviating some of this pain for some of these veterans that were involved in January Sixers as well. You could still receive your veterans affairs benefits if you are convicted of a crime. And specifically when they stop it, when they stop the VA benefits is for a felony conviction when you're in jail for longer than 61 days and your benefits end on 61 days if you're 20% or higher. Now, if you're 10% and lower on the 61st day, your disability pay rate goes uh, is reduced in half and you still receive that half pay. But something that we saw with some of the January Sixers and some other veterans recently is that they uh, we're having their benefits slashed by the VA immediately as soon as they took a plea deal and some other things. And we work to rectify that. You have to be in a federal penitentiary. You have to be convicted of a felony. And it has to. It cannot start until the 61st day. Also, let's say you're a veteran and you're incarcerated currently and you get out. Now your service-connected disabled benefits don't immediately just start back up. You have to apply to get them started retroactively from the day you're out. Also, if you are convicted of a felony, but you're in a work release program or a residential reentry center, your benefits are not removed. It has to be uh, federal imprisonment due to a felony conviction. So plea deals, you got some wiggle room there um, for those uh, incarcerated veterans. And I just want them to know that because I know they're listening and you know, they, they may or may not have done these crimes, but they're still part of our veteran community and they do have benefits available to them. And I want them to know about that. Now, the next story 
I actually, when I was in Congress last week, walking around, I was talking about this, and sure enough, it came out, and you and I talked about it. Rob, it's the Navy has gotten rid of their requirement for high school diplomas and GEDs for entry into the United States Navy. Now, as a blanket rule, I don't automatically correlate education levels with intelligence. Uh, I've known a lot of really dumb people who have very high degrees. I won't get into those things, but we all know somebody who's got a degree and you're like, how is that person a doctor, right? But I, I think for those individuals that previously could never join the Navy, because it's been a requirement since about the 80s, that they have to have a high school diploma or a GED, and now both of those are removed, and an applicant needs to score just a 50 on their ASVAB to enter, this is a good opportunity for them to change the trajectory of their lives and their earning potential. Because the benefits of being a veteran, especially of the world's greatest Navy, are, are awesome. And you can get the GI Bill, you can continue it, all sorts of other education programs. You can get hired directly out of the Navy to go work other government jobs. There's a lot of benefits. So good for them. I'm happy for them. But this policy is indicative of a bigger problem. And it's, hide, it's being hidden in plain sight. And that's what the Navy cannot recruit and nor can they retain highly qualified candidates in, to stay in the Navy any longer. And so what the Navy is now doing is these desperate programs. And then just today, I saw an even more ridiculous article saying that the Navy's now working on Wi-Fi on the bases and that the Wi-Fi is gonna be imperative towards recruitment and retention of future sailors and current sailors. Navy. Let me help you out here. Now, this is this is just my opinion, Rob. Maybe you don't agree with me, <laughs> but I don't think the recruiting problem is because of freaking Wi-Fi. It is not because we don't have five bars of 5G on the base, okay? And it is not going to be solved simply by saying, "Hey, we no longer require a high school diploma or a GED." I don't know if you can't play the Candy pop, Crush, you might want to quit. I'm I'm just saying. That that's true. That might be the Air Force. Joking. <laughs> don't, don't get mad, everyone. Listen, the problem that you have, Navy, is not Wi-Fi, is not bonuses, is not um, high school diplomas and GEDs. The problem you have is you have poor senior managers, and I don't call them leadership because they lack leadership capabilities. You have poor senior managers. You look at the Marlin matter, uh, specifically in the Navy, you look at the Gallagher matter, uh, you look at the uh, MARSOC uh, three, all these instances of poor treatment, misuse of the UCMJ on our service members. You look at the COVID vaccination policy, whether you agree with it or not, all those things have hurt retention and recruitment. The, the sheer fact that re, re, regardless if you care about the policy or not, that they could just separate you or because you're not going to follow a experimental vaccine policy that just came out a year ago and they could just separate you and give you a general discharge and you lose all your benefits and or you can lose your equipment because you had to leave Afghanistan in a hurry and they want to charge you for any of these things that is your recruitment and retention problem solver right there treat our soldiers sailors and marines and airmen better take care of them allow them good promotional opportunities be fair with them stop shoving woke policies woke agenda and mistreating them that if you don't agree with us 
will slam you with the UCMJ. The problems are bigger than the Wi-Fi, maybe. But, but let, let me add to that a little bit. This is what they think. Let me add to that a little yeah. bit, Tommy, on that. You, we've all seen the commercials, the military recruiting commercials, where you have the young man or woman, they're in the field, dressed in their camouflage, doing something, and their mom or dad is there, and they're like, don't worry, mom, don't worry, dad, this is what I want to do. You've, you know the commercials I'm talking about, right? Oh, yes, the recruitment absolutely. commercials? Very familiar. Well, you have parents all over America who have seen that commercial, too, who are having those discussions with their 16, 17, 18-year-old, 19, and even up with their family, and then they see a commander-in-chief who can't call Gold Star families for three days. You see no response to dead American soldiers as of yet. Absolutely. Three days to call a family. Three days. Just this morning, have you made any plans to speak to the families? No. Thankfully, during this show, we heard that he did, in fact, speak to the three Gold Star families. But that's what parents, that's what families across this nation are seeing with the, the t- upper echelon of our military, the commander-in-chief, they're seeing that go on, and they're like, Jesus, no, no, I don't want you to be part of that. You have brothers and sisters who served in the Navy, uh, served in the Marines, serve in the Army and the Air Force, who are telling their family members, don't do it. It's just a bad time. Leadership is, is it's just not the place you want to be at. The, just like I'm having conversations with people in law enforcement, the same thing, the same issues. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 and they think it's going to be solved by money and Wi-Fi, then they're stupider than I thought. I'll yeah. just be honest. Now to the last story. <laughs> this is it, this doesn't even belong in the topics we were just talking about, but I just have to ask this question, Rob. There's a group of transgender veterans who have partnered with Yale Law School's Veterans Legal Service Clinic to sue the VA. And they're suing the VA because they want transgender affirming care and transgender reassignment surgeries to be performed at the VA. Now listen, I posted this on my social media. People are already responding. I've asked everybody to be nice, be respectful. I'm not here to judge those people. My question is this to those individuals. Have you not seen the stories of the VA healthcare? (laughs) Do you really want the VA to be performing your transgender reassignment surgery? There's stories that I've seen where they've severed the wrong leg in a surgery, where they stitched back uh, over a veteran and left uh, equipment in the veteran, where they've sewn in some of the sheets and blankets into the veteran and their stitches, and when they wheeled out people in the hallways and outside in Phoenix to die. Are these the people that you want doing your transgender reassignment surgery? Listen, I don't have any... Assumptions are designed. I've never gone down that road of, hey, hey, listen, I want to change my gender. But I'm, I assure you, if I ever come to that situation, I will never choose the VA. <laughs> okay? These are the last group of individuals, potentially, that I want to handle a majority of my care, let alone the uh, tra- something so sensitive as a transgender reassignment surgery. So, my just one comment to those groups at the Yale <laughs> veterans group and those veterans, hey man, see if there's some other option for you to get that because the VA, there's nothing that they can't mess up. And I've seen dozens and dozens of individuals get care at the VA and they had to file tort claims, which is the way you could kind of sue the VA for care. But I just find it comical that they're so desperate for this gender reassignment surgery that they would want the VA to do it. 
it, it must be worse than I thought if you're thinking that you need the VA to do this care. Because let me assure you, this is perennially the lowest rated healthcare system in our nation. Aetna, Blue Shield, Blue Cross, Kaiser, whoever, they all rank higher than the care that you're going to get at the VA. So three different things there. All of them, you know, just have baffled me in the news recently. Uh, you know, these, these veterans who are not incarcerated, especially the January Sixers getting their benefits removed prematurely. I find that odd. The non-high school graduates, non-GED, people being able to join the military, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Although I think there's a bigger problem here that the Navy just won't address and that, that their poor leadership or management is making it where people don't want to join or stay in and they have a toxic work environment at this time. And then lastly, again, uh, individuals who are so desperate for transgender care, they want the VA to do it. Uh, it must be worse than I thought. I, I mean, <laughs> I want to let them touch my sinuses, <laughs> my ears, yeah. let alone anything else. But these are all real stories going on, Rob. So now people have got the information. And uh, I touched on all these things on social media. And uh, at Tommy Marquez Consulting is my social media, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, YouTube, you can find me there. I got tons of discounts, deals, information, and a lot of correction of facts on things you may be seeing on social media. All right, Tommy, uh, again, as always. The, yeah, as always, quick, Tommy. Right, again, to the family. Go ahead. God bless them. Yeah, uh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Tommy, thanks for the information this week. Thank you, Rob. Take care. It's uh, 423 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. Hey, thanks, Rob. It looks like we have some heavy traffic on Route 93 near Beaver Meadows. A little bit of heavy traffic in downtown Scranton on Jefferson Ave, and you'll be bumper to bumper on Wyoming Avenue as well, heading up the hill Route 6 and 11 in Clark Summit. Uh, you are also bumper to bumper, but we have no reports of any problems on our interstates. 81 is looking good. 80, problem-free 84, 380, and 476, the PA Turnpike. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone from the Penn Teledata Internet Traffic Center with this WYLK traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Valerie Smock. Today, mostly cloudy, high 38. Tonight, remaining mostly cloudy, low 30. Wednesday, some passing flurries in the morning and a brief... Partial clearing in evening, high of 40. Thursday, mostly cloudy, high 43. Friday, morning, light rain and snow, decreasing clouds through the day, breezy, high 40. Saturday, mostly sunny, breezy, high 37. Sunday, mostly sunny, high 38. Monday, still sunny, high 40. Um, let me tell you about BudgetBlinds.com. Go to BudgetBlinds.com. You will be contacted by Tom or Rick. They're the owners of our local Budget Blinds here in our area. They are the leader in custom window treatments. 90% more options than you'll get at the big box store. I'm telling you, that was the biggest thing that jumped out of me. I, I've done this myself. I've put up my own blinds. I've done the big box thing. This is the way to go. Budget Blinds is proud to offer the best warranty program in the industry, including their no-questions-asked guarantee, which means you're going to save money. You're going to go through three or four sets of blinds. You do it yourself at the big box store. You're going to get a better choice, better selection, guided by professionals in the industry, Tom and Rick, owners of our local Budget Blinds here. Go to BudgetBlinds.com and see what they can do for you. 34 degrees and cloudy here at 425. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 34 degrees and cloudy at 427. 
uh, we've been talking most of the show about what's going on with our response to Iran and when are we going to respond. The, the president has said he's made his decision. And uh, I'll reiterate again, thankfully, while this show was going on, the president has spoken to the Gold Star families of the three service members we lost this weekend. But it took three days to do so. That's outrageous as a Blue Star dad times two. Let's go to the phones now. We have uh, Pat from Scranton on Iran. And, Pat, thanks for holding so long. That's okay, Rob. Uh, nice to talk to you again. And thanks once again for your service. And God bless your children for their service. I have a son in service, so um, I, I feel you. Um, I just wanted to comment. Um, if you're a country like Iran with, with uh, terroristic tendencies, and you look at Joe Biden's conference, his, his press conference, and he's looking down at the podium and he's reading like he's in a coma. And I don't like to talk religion or politics, but, you know, how afraid am I if I'm if I'm if I'm a terroristic country? You know, I, I, I just I just don't think it happens in a conservative administration. You know, I, I just don't think it does. I, I, I am very glad to hear while I was on hold that he did talk to the Gold Star families. Uh, thank God for that. And, and we'll see what kind of decision he makes. But um, I just think that these countries, you know, watch our elections closely, and they they know which administrations administrations in power, and they know what they can get away with and what they can't. And um, I just think that we're an apologistic, um, you know, nation at this point, um, and uh, you know we're just we're just giving billions and billions and billions away, um, and and you know I I think that. You know, a more conservative administration is going to is going to not be messed with the way that this one is. And 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 if I'm looking at Joe Bar- uh, Joe uh, Joe uh, Biden's uh, 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 con- press conference, I'm thinking, holy holy cow! I mean, he's looking down, he's reading, he's not even looking into the camera. He looks like he's in a coma, you know. And it's just in a, and I, you know, it's it's just it's just saddening. It's just very saddening. Well, one of the biggest things that jumped out of me when he was asked directly, um, not for what response he was going to have, because he said he, he has chosen what, what the response is going to be, and obviously not saying when it's going to happen, but when asked, will it deter further attacks, his answer was, we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, then I guess your response isn't sending a clear enough message then, that's, Mr. President. That's, that's, that's exactly my thought. I mean, he's, he's, not, he's not leveling it out. He's not, he's not coming from a position of strength. And I was always taught to come from a position of strength um, for everything I did in my life. And when I was on hold, I was listening to the uh, comments that the other caller made about the school board uh, ruling about not needing background checks. And this is just an aside. That that shocks me. I would love to see a school board member's job description, and I know they're often volunteer positions, but I mean, I think a school board member should be um, should be privy to going into a school to investigate any kind of um, any, any kind of uh, mischievous behavior, and and I think that uh, 
that lends itself to being around children. And and so, oh, well, they just have to sit on a board. They don't have to be around children. I, I, I just, I just, I think, I think it should be mandatory. Well, I, I, I agree 100%. And, and I'm just going from my own experience with school board members that I've dealt with. I've had three children who attended our school districts here in Northeast Pennsylvania. School directors, right. school board members walked around the school quite often. Now, sometimes they were with a principal, a teacher, and uh, the superintendent or whoever, but they were walking around. They were observing. They were in classrooms. They were walking through the halls. They were in the cafeterias. Yep. Now, from what the school and what I played was a solicitor for the school board association giving guidance to school boards that no, in fact, you don't need a clearance and they advise not to get clearances unless you are interacting with students in one way or another. And I would say why would you want a school board members that's, that's not interacting yeah, with the students yeah, yeah. and not, I, I, not I would, getting a whole picture yeah, I would, of the... I would, I would, yeah, I would want my entire school board to go in and check on the welfare of my child. Um, anybody I voted for, I would want them to go in and check on the welfare of my child. And uh, they better have the background clearance. Uh, so that's just an aside. But I, I called about the Biden administration. Like you said, you know, a number of people dead. And I forget what you said, 100 and some plus injured. Um, you know, that's that's just crazy. And we just we just look weak. And, I, and I'm just... I'm just tired of it, you know. I and I, I don't talk religion or politics, Rob, but I I, I, I just think that, uh, you know, we look weak, and uh, I don't like the way the president uh, came off in his press conference. And um, and they keep talking you know, about this e escalation, and that we don't want to escalate things. We don't want to. We don't want to go to war. Well, they've attacked us 160 times. They've attacked yeah. us 39 times in, in the Straits of Hormuz in the Red Sea with our shipping lanes and our 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 our, our, our naval assets. Uh, we yes. have over 100 U.S. service members that have been injured. We have members in a coma right now. We have dozens with traumatic brain injury. We have five dead, two Navy SEALs and three Army soldiers. Uh, you know, right. we didn't escalate this. But, you know, and I understand right. we can have the conversation, well, why are they there to begin with? Let's get our, our troops out of there so they're not in harm's way. We can have that discussion. That's not a wrong discussion to have. But no. they, they've no. just killed American soldiers. Yeah. Now, now and, what do we and, and, what do we do to send a message that that is unacceptable so, so it doesn't we, we happen just, again? Yeah, we just can't we just can't lay down. We just can't lay down. And I think I think I think that the 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 those with uh, you know uh, uh, mischievous thoughts against the United States are going to um, look at what administrations in power, and they're going to know when to play their cards. And uh, it's just as simple as that. And you know, I like I said, I don't like to talk religion or politics, but. Um, that's that's where I stand. I just well, think Pat, that uh, I just think we're we're laying down. Uh, Pat, I appreciate your call. I appreciate your input on it. It's good discussion. All right, Brody. Thank See you. Ya. Thank you again. Thank All you. Right, bye bye. bye. Uh, Four thirty three here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Brian Hughes. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It's the point of the show where we honor our heroes across America who made the ultimate sacrifice. Sixty police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day throughout history. Five of them from here in Pennsylvania. I'm going to start off with police officer Dennis Joseph McNamara. The Upper Darby Township Police Department in 2002 was shot and killed while investigating a suspicious vehicle in, from, in front of a home on Perry Avenue. Police officer Frederick J. Sion, Jr., Philadelphia Police Department in 1970 was shot and killed as he approached three men. The witness said Cologne got out of his patrol car and approached three men along the 1700 block Oxford Street. One of them pulled a 22 pistol and fired three shots, one into the chest. 
Police officer Cecil Engling, Philadelphia Police Department in 1947, was shot and killed when he attempted to take action during a robbery of a supermarket while off duty. Corporal George Dewey Naughton, Pennsylvania Motor Police, Pennsylvania, in 1939, was shot and killed while he attempted to talk a barricaded man into surrendering. Patrolman Clyde Mertlin, Greensboro Police Department in Pennsylvania in 1933, was killed in a motorcycle accident at the intersection of Main Street and 3rd Street at approximately 345. And those, uh, those are the five from here in Northeast Pennsylvania. Got a text message in, and we're going to talk about this at the 5 o'clock hour. And say, hey, Rob, the, uh, the vibe I get from this administration is that they are trying to pin pin it on the base for not distinguishing between the two drones. The whole administration is awful. Ryan from Shavertown. Uh, they have keep brought in, bringing that up. And, and there is going to be an after-action report on how it happened. But I can tell you right now, after looking into this incident, the defenses were inadequate at this facility. Tower 22, it's named at. They had a Coyote anti-drone defense system. That is a low-level... It, it's very good, but it's a low-level drone or missile defense system. Um, back in Syria a year ago, just over a year ago, the beginning of last January 2023, uh, three attack drones were shot at a U.S. base in Syria. Two of the three drones were taken down by the Coyote anti-drone system. A third was able to get in and ended up injuring two Syrian defense forces that worked alongside our U.S. forces. Now, this was a year ago. Uh, December of 2023, just over a month ago, the Army requested more of these Coyote anti-drone defense system because there is a great need for them because we've had 160 attacks in the past three months. So, yes, in December. So you have an attack last year that hurt, injured two Syrian members. You have the Army requesting more of these Coyote anti-drone systems just over a month ago. And now you have this happen. They knew there was a danger, and they have the sons and daughters of Americans there because they could care less about their safety. Give them the proper assets and make sure they can defend themselves when need be. But when you have a commander-in-chief that takes three days to call the families, what do you expect? It's 4.42 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. This Pentella Data Internet traffic update brought to you by Farmer's Dog. Fresh, human-grade dog food delivered straight to your door. Fairly quiet this afternoon in Northeast PA with no problems or backups on our interstate, not even any slowdowns at the moment. We do have bumper-to-bumper traffic on South River Street in Wilkesbury, Davis Street in Scranton, and in Dixon City on Main Street. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone from the WILK Traffic Center. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Valerie Smock. Tuesday night, remaining mostly cloudy, low 30. Wednesday, some passing flurries in the morning, a brief partial clearing in the evening, high 40. Thursday, mostly cloudy, high 43. Friday, morning, light rain and snow, decreasing clouds through the day, breezy, high 40. Saturday, mostly sunny, high 37. Sunday, mostly sunny, high 38. Monday, mostly sunny, high 40. 
It's currently 34 degrees and cloudy here at 443 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, where it looks like there's been more shakeups in Lackawanna County. Some breaking news coming out of there, where the commissioner's majority shuffled stop top staff again, demoting longtime communications director Joseph DiRenzo. DiRenzo, 65, will join the county's community relations department. The demotion shocked him. He said, but he'll serve as a liaison to the scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders AAA minor league baseball team with a focus on ensuring smooth operations and PNC's field luxury boxes. The job pays $22,176 a year compared to $65,999 he earned as the county's chief spokesman, he said. Rick Notary, the community outreach manager, will be acting communications director until a replacement is named. The position will be posted and advertised, the county said. Yeah, like that means anything. Through, uh, though, Minority Commissioner Chris Chermack said he felt sick about the move. DiRenzo declined to criticize the Democratic majority of Bill Gohan and Matt McCline. Well, probably a smart move if he wants any job. It's bittersweet, he said. A Dunmore resident who began working for the county in March of 2012, 2012, this is, uh, this is my White House. I was involved in everything. I enjoyed it immensely. I met a lot of people, made a lot of friends, touched a lot of people in this building. I'm going to miss it. I understand they want to go in a different direction. And that's exactly what they said again. At this time, we wish to head in a different direction, McGloin said in a text. We thank Joe for his many years of service to the communications department. In the last week, the Democratic commissioners have fired Health and Human Services Director William Browning, Planning and Economic Development Director Brenda Sacco, demoted the Parks and Recreation Director Art Moran. Each time, they cited the need for a new direction, a culture of change or both. They also announced Tuesday that Deputy Director Frank Stevens will serve as Acting Parks and Recreation Director until a permanent replacement is named. Well, that's the... uh, most recent news coming out of Lackawanna County. As Lackawanna County turns, we're going to ca- start calling it. Let's go to the phones. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Let's go to the phones now. We have uh, Joe from the Back Mountain on Biden. Hello? Joe, yes. Can you hear me? I got you. Yeah, okay. Hey, uh, do, you re- do you really think we have an American government anymore? Uh, think about it. We have... Rashida Tlaib, Omar, Ocasio-Cortez, screaming about how our enemies are, we're treating our enemies unfairly, and people who may have contributed to the attack in Israel, we we should still be funding them, Ocasio-Cortez says. And then we have, you know, Biden and Obama gave Iran billions of dollars, pallets full of money, cash, and now they're using... $50,000 $50,000 drones and missiles, and we're spending a million dollars a missile to take them down. It's a million bucks every shot we fire. Where is this going? What do you think an appropriate response from Biden would be? I mean, short short of attacking of a bomb in Tehran, I, I don't think there's anything that's going to bother these people. They're going to keep right on doing what they're doing, and he's not going to do anything. Well, he didn't instill confidence during his statements today, Joe, that's for sure. Uh, and, and again, yeah. I, I think 
the mere fact that his entire administration has tried to downplay this, say how we don't want an escalation, we don't want war with Iran, um, you know, I, it's just projecting weakness. Um, you know, the stance is Iran, Iran doesn't want war with us. That's what the stance should be. And no, of course an immediate, they an immediate get... response. They talk about how we have all these contingency plans in, in, in ready to go at the drop of at the snap of a finger. They're ready to go if Iran oversteps that line, if they cross that red line, if they do something. You know, how many press conferences have we seen where Joe Biden himself has been asked about this? You know, what if Iran does something? His answer is don't. Well, now we're three or four days in and there's been no response. The longer we wait, the longer there's no immediate shock and awe response, the immediate uh, uh, message to send to this administration that you will not, uh, you will not. It's It's because he has no intention of doing anything. This is deliberate. We don't have an American government anymore. We have a United, United Nations government. That's what we have. We have people who represent the United Nations. They don't represent America, the American people, the middle class, the Constitution, well, all classes of Americans, but really, really the great majority. They don't represent America. They represent their handlers, the international bankers, the kings and queens of the earth, and all the bunny people, and and the United Nations, and, and Klaus Schwab, and all these other people. That's who they work for. They don't work for the American people anymore. We don't have an American government, man. It's gone. I mean, this election is so important. If, if somebody like Trump doesn't get back in or Ron DeSantis, somebody who actually cares about their country, it's over. It will never, will never be the same. We'll never, we'll, we won't have any rights. The Bill of Rights will be gone. Forget it. Well, it's it's not going to go down without a fight, Joe. And I I hope I, I hear what you're saying, but I hope you're I hope you're I hope you're wrong. And you know, you mentioned off a few a few Congress people and stuff like that. They're the just the loudest voices in the rooms. They're the sideshow. That's not the majority. And I understand Congress is broken. I understand Washington is broken. They are just the loudest. They are the circus. They are the sideshow. And that's why they get the most oxygen. That's why they get the most press conference. Well, they ran the Democrat Party. They ran Nancy Pelosi, and they're running a King Jeffries now. Well, they're running into mean, the I, ground it, because they're starting to it's starting to turn. That that tide is starting to turn. Even Democrats are starting to get tired of them. When a, when a Joe I Biden Department right. of Justice looks to investigate and possibly bring up charges on Cori Bush for taking federal dollars and giving it to her boyfriend, things are starting to change. And you notice how quiet AOC has been lately. I'm telling you, they're they're the circus. They're the sideshow. Um, but there are there are men and women in Washington. There are men and women in our military that are willing to do the right thing and stand up and risk their lives day in and day out. Joe, I appreciate it. Well, that's and they do need to be honored, right? But I hope you're right. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. It's uh, four fifty four here at WILK. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Thirty four degrees and cloudy here at four fifty six. Uh, just a reminder, in just a couple of minutes after the 5 o'clock hour, we're going to have Rear Admiral Paul Becker, retired Navy Admiral, was the former director of the Joint uh, Intelligence for the Joint Chiefs, knows what he's talking about. It's going to give us an overview of what's going on. Um, we're going to run through it, get his perspective on things, as well as the reducing the educational requirements for Navy recruitment. Um, is it a good thing? Is it does it solve the problem? And I, I think uh, Tommy Marquez, who is a congressional staffer and Navy veteran himself, at the four o'clock hour said it best. 
the problems in recruitment that they're trying to put band-aids on go deeper than just lowering the requirements, lowering the standards for education, uh, taking more people than you normally would. And I understand that opens up opportunity and chances for a better life for a lot of people, but it's just a band-aid fix. It's not what's driving the lack of recruitment in this Navy. It's a lack of leadership. It's a lack of mission statement. It's a lack of, I mean, our, our greatest Navy in the world, no doubt. And that's what I know best. I have friends who have been on this show. Uh, Colonel Kirk Schlichter's been on the show. Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. You know, they talk about things Army. I have Marine vets who call this show. Uh, there, there are men and women out there who are truly the tip of the spear, do nothing but train and train more and train harder and to do what's needed when they're called upon. But without proper leadership, without proper chain of command, without proper uh, contingency plans in effect, without the authorization for rules of engagement, without things like that, you cannot just keep brushing off 160 attacks. You cannot just keep brushing off over 100 U.S. service members injured. You cannot brush off five deaths in the past three weeks of our U.S. service members. You cannot take three days to contact a Gold Star family three of them, and expect to send a message across America that join our services. This military will take care of your sons and daughters because they're showing everything but that. You know, we've been talking a lot about Lackawanna County and what's been going on with the change of direction there with the new county commissioners. While we're talking about what is it now, five changes of top leadership positions here in the county. What we're not talking about is that millions of dollars that the old regime dumped on this regime, right? We haven't heard much about that. What's going on with all that deficit that was not in the 2024 budget? What was going on with those millions of dollars of loans that were being taken out? See, it's distraction. Look over here, look over there. I understand they want to put their people in, in place Status quo in Lackawanna County. We were hoping for better. Keep an eye on it to see if we do. Hope we do. I'm a resident of Lackawanna County. A lot of you are residents of Lackawanna County. We want success. We want properly run government. We want a professional government, not a good old boys club. Act professional. Do things the right way. Show the people that you're here to serve them and move the county forward. When we come back after the 5 o'clock hour, we're going to have Rear Admiral Paul Becker here to give you the lowdown on the Middle East. It's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 34 degrees and cloudy at 5 o'clock. We'll be back after the news.